Welcome to The Pulpit, the sermon podcast of Calvary Moravian Church. My name is Pastor Chaz Snyder, and I hope you'll use this recording to grow deeper in God's Word and help you on your spiritual journey. Today's epistle lesson is from the book of Romans, chapter 7, verses 15 through 25a. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel. The gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew chapter 11 verses 16 through 19. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We piped to you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds." The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Good morning. Would you pray with me? Lord, think your thoughts in me. Do your work through me. Build your peace in me and show your love through me. Amen. Today we're celebrating John Huss Day. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the remarkable things the life of John Huss was. John is the only person besides Jesus Christ that has a special day. For us Moravians. We will also celebrate the day with Holy Communion. I would like to begin my meditation with words from a song that John has always sang before he gave his sermons. And I won't sing. Be thankful. (laughs) The word of God, which never shall cease, proclaims free pardon, grace, and peace. Salvation shows in Christ alone. 
the perfect will of God makes known. When Pastor Chaz called and asked if I would preach today on John Huss Sunday, I answered with a quick, absolutely. John Huss is one of those men that I studied, and I, I just, I'm amazed by his life every time I, I even talk about him. When I was planning my ordination, I intentionally picked John Huss Sunday on July 6, 2014, for that was a special day in my life. It was a great day to begin my life in ordained ministry, and it was a great day to celebrate the life of John Huss. John Huss was born in 1373 in Czechoslovakia. He entered the University of Prague, Prague in 1389 and was ordained a Catholic priest in 1401. In 1402, he was appointed to be the preacher of Bethlehem Chapel in Prague. These accomplishments were part of his life, but what he did after becoming the preacher at Bethlehem Chapel is a witness to his living a life that truly mattered. In Huss's sermons, he didn't attempt to confuse his congregation with abstract doctrine, but stressed practice and stressed practice and moral conduct. His sermons were simple, powerful, and attracted a great number of people. Huss called the Bible the book of life. And he believed the authority of the Bible was superior and Christians were to obey its teaching without question. Huss said, faithful Christian, seek the truth. Listen to the truth. Learn the truth. Love the truth. Tell the truth. Defend the truth, even to death. In a way, I'm thinking he's saying, do what is right. Even if it might be hard, do what is right. At this time, I'm asking Brother Bob Snyder to come forward and share scripture with us. Sic enum Deus delixit mundum, ut filium sum unigenitum daret, ut omnis qui credit in eum non pereat, sed habeum vitam eternum. Thank you, Bob. Well, what did you understand in that scripture? <laughs> Not much, I'm assuming. Latin is not our common language, nor was it common language of the people in the early church. The belief that everyone has the right to freedom of conscience was not prevalent in the 15th century. Didn't it feel odd to have scripture read that you may not even have understood? By the way, that was, what do you think? The most famous John 3:16. That's what he read. Wouldn't that be sad to have missed that, of all the scripture, to not understand that? Didn't it feel odd to have scripture read that you didn't understand? The Bible in the 15th century was not even available to you to read in your own language. You weren't able to read the Bible daily. 
You couldn't understand the scriptures and what it meant for your daily life. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine what it would be like not to read the, whole, the Bible or really never enjoy our Moravian daily text. How would you learn and know about the teachings of the Bible? Where would you get your faith, your hope, and your love from? Where could you get your guidance for your daily life as a Christian when you weren't even sure what a Christian was and what wonderful joy comes from the knowledge of God and the love he has for his children? One contribution that I feel is so important in the life of John Huss is that he believed that the scripture should be in the hands of the lay people and in their common language. Huss believed it was right, the right of every person to understand and interpret the Bible. This is one ch change that John Huss made and was one that he gave his life for. Another change that he gave his life for was that the laity should be served the communion, the bread and the wine. How would you feel today if Chaz and I would be the only people to receive communion just because we're ministers? Think about that a minute. You would just sit there and watch Chaz and I take communion together. The Lord's Supper is one of the most meaningful and holy sacraments of the Christian church. How could Christians even understand what this holy sacrament was if they couldn't even read the Gospels and understand the significance of the bread and the wine? At the beginning of every communion, you heard it this morning, the pastor always affirms that we practice an open table and everyone who confesses that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior can partake of the sacraments. It's also our custom in the Moravian Church that the minister comes to you and serves you Holy Communion where you are. Sometimes you're in a pew and sometimes it's in your home. Sometimes it's at the hospital. But the minister comes to you and serves you the sacraments. The sacrament is repeated several times during the year in remembrance of our Savior and what he did for all of us. The words in remembrance of me are so important that they are carved on our communion table. Some historians have gone so far as to say about John Huss that with the exception of Jesus, the sufferings and death of no other person have so advanced the cause of Christianity as those of John Huss. Another historian spoke of Huss this way. By his life, Huss accomplished much in the winning of the hearts of men. But his teachings, he accomplished more. By his death, he accomplished most. On July 6, 1415, Huss was taken to the cathedral in Constance, Germany, to face charges he was found guilty and was declared a heretic. Huss's books were burned and the ritual of degradation followed. Sorry, just can't imagine all this. His priestly robe was taken from him 
His hair was cut off, and a paper cap, like a dunce cap, was placed on his head. Hus cried out, A man can receive the pardon of his sins only through the power of God and by the merits of Christ. God alone, I repeat, can forgive sins through Christ, and he pardons the penitent only. Hus was taken to a meadow. His hands were tied behind him, and his body was bound to a stake. Bundles of straw were piled up to his chin, and the straw was lit. And Hus began to sing, Christ, thou Son of the living God, have mercy on me. Christ, the Son of the living God, have mercy on me. Upon his death, his ashes were placed in a wheelbarrow and thrown into the Rhine River. This was done to erase the memories of John Huss and his beliefs and his teachings. But of course, that didn't work. John Huss and his belief that the Bible should be written in the language of the people has never been forgotten. Our own Joe Gray was a missionary to Nicaragua for many years. He, as did John Huss, believed the Bible should be written in the language of the people. Reverend Gray spent many years of his life translating the Bible into the Mosquito language. This is why today we celebrate the life and death of John Huss. Even today, his challenges, like his life challenges us to live a life that matters. At family camp at Laurel Ridge this year, we studied the spirit of the living God who dwells within us. This spirit of the living God can be alive in all of us, and we can be active disciples of God with the Spirit's leading, with God's love in our hearts and being God's voice to those who need to hear it. God is not requiring us to be martyrs. God wants our hearts. God wants our hearts. Does he have yours? Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen.